I have one question for you. Are you ready to do your fertility journey differently? Hey there, I'm Bella Hilton, and this is the Studio Fertility Podcast, where each week I bring you real, actionable tips and strategies to help you get your mind from chaos to calm and your body from resistant to receiving. So if you want to feel better now and improve your fertility, let's do this. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Studio Fertility Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Hilton, coming to you live from London Town. <laughs> and I'll probably never say that again. Okay, I want to, you know me, I like to get into things straight away. And I want to talk to you today about how some really popular tools in the mindfulness space can actually keep you stuck where you are, right? Because I'm super passionate about this. I look into the psychology of things, why they work, how they work, how they don't work, okay? I was watching a show the other day that had an experiment in it where some people were asked to sit in a chair and plunge their hand into icy cold water, the type of icy cold that they could only stand for about like 10 seconds. That's cold, right? That's not a long time. And they would pull their hands out grimacing in pain, okay? It was that cold. And then they were given a small trick. I'm sure once they'd warmed their hand up or maybe they used their other hand, I'm not sure. And that one small trick was to smile. So they were then asked to plunge their hand into the icy water, but smiling the whole time. And this time they were able to last over 20 seconds. And at first I was like, wow, that's amazing. Like, right, the human mind is so amazing that we have these things that we can accomplish just by small changes in the body, just by smiling. Isn't that incredible? That's the mind-body connection at play. And I think that is really pretty cool. And then I realized something. It's something that I see all too often. And that's the masks we wear, the fake smiles that keep us stuck in pain for much longer than we should tolerate. And I said should, I know it's not a great word, but yeah, should tolerate. And there's probably not someone as well versed in this as me not that I want this crown (laughs) I'm sure there's plenty of you that uh, also have this crown I just mean that I plastered that fake smile on my face told no one of my pain for so many years that one day I was walking back from the IVF clinic after a blood test or something walking to work and I just felt sad inside but this time I couldn't keep it in the tears were just just started streaming down my face. Now, I wasn't sobbing. I wasn't even crying, it felt like, although I was. I wasn't drawing shallower breaths like you would expect when someone is crying. But it was literally like someone had just turned on the tap on my eyes. And there was nothing I could do about it. Like, it was pouring out of my face But it wasn't like I was even crying. It's like I just had no choice anymore in the situation. Like I'd held everything in for so long that my body was like, you know what? In order to cope here, we're going to have to disconnect from you and just do our own thing. Right? It was really weird. And I called my husband. I said, I can't seem to stop crying, but I need to go to work. Can you help me to stop crying? Like I just said, I need to pick up the dry cleaning after work, but I'm busy. Could you do it, please? (laughs) Right. It was literally ridiculous how disconnected I'd become from myself because I was plastering on that fake smile and pretending like I was coping with any of it. 
And in my mind, I almost had disdain for those tears, like I was weak and I was like betrayed by my own body, right? Because I think I prided myself on keeping it all under wraps, like I had it under control. But I honestly had shit under control at that point. Sure, I could function in normal society and you wouldn't know the difference, mostly if you hadn't seen me on the street that day. But I was in so much pain and anguish underneath on a daily basis. I think I felt like in order to cope, I had to deny it all in order to keep moving. Anyway, my husband convinced me to go home that day. And thankfully, he was smarter than me in that moment and more convincing. And I could finally see the disconnect of what was going on. And it wasn't long after that, actually, that I made some drastic, (laughs) drastic, but very needed changes in my life. Because continuing to go on like everything was normal was actually keeping me very, very stuck. It's not that I needed to start confiding in everyone around me, and I never would have because There were not people I could trust with my heart, especially at my job, for example, right? But I also was not being honest with myself. I was stuck for a couple of years like that, if I'm honest. That's a lot of pain to mask. And I see too many other women also doing this too, which of course is very normal, but this is not what I want for you. Because there are other things that can keep us stuck and from facing reality too. Simple things that parade around as mindfulness that as women in the depths of despair we might latch onto, but that can also keep us stuck. And this might be super a super unpopular thing to say, but I'm here for the debate and to show you why. So if you disagree, I want you to email me. That's fine. Like I'm always up for the debate. So these things can be things like gratitude journals, meditation, mantras. And guess what? In different forms, I actually have all of these things um, in my current course, right? And I use a lot of these things with my clients because they can be excellent tools, right? Excellent tools, just not in the way they're usually presented, because if we don't deal what is going, you know, what is going on underneath, they will serve their purpose for about 30 seconds. It's a band-aid, otherwise known as a plaster in some countries. You know, it's something you, st- you know, when you graze your knee and you put a little sticky thing over it. We call them band-aids in Australia. Which is just covering up the wound until it soaks off in the bath, Right. It's not a permanent solution to feeling naturally and consistently better at your core. For example, I love, 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 love hypnosis and visualization. I use it extensively with my clients and in my program with great effect. But I never, never advocate for those things as standalone things. Because it needs to be backed up with conscious thought and action and choice. And here's why gratitude journals and the like can keep you stuck. Just like the icy glass of water that you put your hand in with a smile on your face helps you to cope longer, so can gratitude journals. 
But again, if I'm honest, coping isn't really the goal, is it? And that's the thing. I see too many people just trying to cope rather than actually trying to heal or feel better more consistently. People tell me all the time that they feel like a shell of themselves and hopeless and they want to feel empowered and in control and even just genuine happiness again. So the goal is not to cope. The goal needs to shift where you genuinely feel okay. Like I said, I was one of those people looking for a quick fix, a mindset hack that made it all go away in an instant so I didn't have to deal with it. But the truth of the matter is, once I did start to deal with it, I worked through the pain quite quickly and was able to naturally just feel better without having to write a gratitude journal, do some meditation or say any mantras. Now, if meditation, mantras and gratitude journals work for you on some level, then I'm not saying to give them up. They can be powerful tools. Like I said, I use them in my program if they're taught in the right way, but most people don't. Sometimes we do need to cope to get through a moment, for example, but not at the expense of actually just numbing you to the pain so you can carry on longer and not actually deal with what you really need to deal with. So story time. When I was 17, I went to the school counsellor because my parents were divorcing and a whole bunch of other teenage angst things, but I was probably uh, clinically depressed at the time. And remember how I felt? It was probably very much clinical depression, like I was in a dark, dark hole emotionally. And the counsellor on our first meeting basically started trying to get me to list all the things I liked about myself like a verbal gratitude journal almost. And she was prompting me, you know, do you like your hair? And honestly, I was just looking at her like, when are we going to deal with something real? I needed to talk. I needed to be validated. I needed to unburden all the things I was carrying around long before I could use something like that to actually start to shift my thoughts, my life and perspective. I was dealing with big things, big emotions that went far beyond my parents divorcing, to be honest. And it felt like getting me to list a bunch of things I like about myself or that I was grateful for was so tone deaf and insensitive and like just another person I couldn't rely on, which turned out to be true when she stood me up on our second session. (laughs) So I never went back to her. But I get it too. You have to be ready to deal with things and there is no shame in not being ready yet. But if you know you're ready to start feeling better, then don't hang around longer than you need to trying to use things that aren't helping you to address your thoughts and emotions at their core. Because if you've been using them and they aren't working, you aren't getting better, then maybe you haven't been taught to use them in the right way. Or maybe you need something before all of that that's going to help you to move forward. And you can tell what they are because they are not talking about your emotions and thoughts and what you can actually do to turn them all around. Meditation is an amazing tool that allows you to be more present and clear your mind and be more zen. But it doesn't help you when those thoughts are rearing their ugly head and you can't switch your brain off. What do you do in that moment? Gratitude journals are amazing in helping you to feel more positive more often, but only if you can get there in the first place. (laughs) And it's hard to truly feel grateful until you have dealt with the shit first, the deeper shit. 
And I don't really believe in repeating things over and over to yourself that you don't believe are true because mantras without actual belief and feeling are more than useless. And they're not dealing with the negative thoughts you're having and trying to turn those around in a way that your brain and body will hear it and take it on board. So all these tools are fantastic enhancers to our lives. They're not to be dismissed. I'm, like I said, I think they're amazing, but not when you should start, or not where you should start if you truly want to get unstuck from possibly where you are now. So where do you start? Very good question. Where I start with all of my clients, whether they work with me one-to-one um, or through my program, is to help them to start to see, uh, get an overview of their whole life about where things are working and where things are not working and how to change what we can change immediately. Like I've been running a little um, program on how to stop feeling so obsessed by your journey. And often we need to look about where our focus is going. Um, This is, you know, can be a small step, right? Where is our focus going? What are the things we do on a daily basis that are actually keeping us stuck as well, right? Saying a mantra about like, I am really fertile is not going to help you when you're still feeling really obsessed and doing all the things that are keeping you stuck in that feeling and that dark space that you just can't get out of, okay? So starting to get really honest with your environment, where is the support that you have in your life? And if you don't have any, maybe you can get some. What are the activities that you do that are driving you more crazy than not? Are you in um, Facebook groups that are masquerading as support groups that are really not feeling very positive, right? I've been in a lot of those and I've experienced a lot of that where it just actually feels like a big negativity bomb every day when you're in there rather and there's nobody actually talking people through their thoughts, you know, helping them out the other side and it doesn't feel very supportive. There's so many things we can do which aren't necessarily these huge big leaps, right, that can be as simple as a meditation, can be as simple as a gratitude journal that I think is the better place to start so that you can get to a place where you can use these amazing tools and amazing enhancers from a place where you aren't stuck and where they give you maximum benefit. And that is the podcast for today. I know you got something out of this and I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Hey, thanks for listening to the Studio Fertility Podcast. If you know you could benefit from working with me, head to my website at studiofertility.com where you'll find some freebies, information on my transformational one-to-one coaching and group coaching programs, and lots of great testimonials. And if you love the podcast, I'd love to know through a five-star review. And that's it.